Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nikki and Pippa. How y'all doing? Good? Well, you're not matching my energy this morning. Okay, so a few things about me. Um, my name is Wale Egbaje, and I am a proud Nigerian man. Yeah, come on. So, so I was born in Lagos, bred in Croydon, and I am also... <laughs> I am also a massive extrovert. So, yeah, being an extrovert with a microphone is a very dangerous combination this morning. So I just have to warn you. And, you know, in true extroverted fashion, I am going to make all of us play a game. Yay. Come on. <laughs> okay, so um, for the next few minutes, I want you to imagine that you're not at HTB and also those at home, you are not watching HTB, but you guys are my live studio audience of a game show called HTB Fortunes. Yes, yes, which essentially is the bootleg version of Family Fortunes. And if you have never watched HTV Fortunes, then honestly, I don't know where you've been hiding all your life because it's literally the best show in the universe. And the rules are easy. I asked 20 random Londoners a question and I would love you guys to guess what the most popular answer was. And you have 10 seconds to guess. Okay, the question was that I asked 20 Londoners is what comes to mind when you think of comfort in one word? And I'm going to ask the team to play some funky music so I'm not just standing here, you know, in silence, being awkward. Amazing. Okay, so 10 seconds on the clock. Amazing, amazing. Okay, so what comes to mind when you think of comfort? I asked 20 random Londoners and let's come up with, let's, let's show what they said exactly. So I'm going to start from the, most po from the least popular answer to the most popular answer. The f one person said money, another person, two people said warmth, three people said food and sleep, five people said um, peace and six people said safety but you know there was actually a special golden answer that no one else actually chose but it is a special answer and if anyone can guess it you will get one billion points okay <laughs> amazing so what should come to mind when we think of comfort Jesus hallelujah yes the reason for this season glory to God <laughs> And right now, there should be golden confetti coming down from the ceilings, but we're on a budget here at HTB. So you can just imagine for us. So the reason why I got you to play that silly game is to, first of all, is to live out one of my dreams of being a game show host, so I can tick that off my bucket list. And secondly, it's because we are looking at the promise of comfort. And we can actually see this theme in Isaiah chapter 40 and Luke chapter 3. And these are going to be our reference verses for my talk today. So just given some background, the first 39 chapters of Isaiah details how God's people, it details how they were consistently unfaithful to God. They served other gods and they oppressed the poor. And prophet Isaiah would warn 
um, the people of Israel, but they consistently ignored his warnings. As a result, God gave them over to the Babylonians and they became exiles to Babylon. It was God's judgment to them. And this literally shook the Israelites' world and faith deeply to their core. They had lost their wealth and their security. And, you know, sometimes, I don't know if it, if it relates to you as well, but sometimes when I read the Old Testament, I'm like, wow, God, you know, this was quite harsh, some of these judgments to the, um, to the people of Israel. But I noticed that God's judgment was an act of love. It was intended to realign the people of Israel back into a loving relationship with their God. And it's in this time of exile, again, where they have lost their security, wealth and pride, that the Lord says to his prophet in Isaiah 40, verse 1, he says these words, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed and that her sins have been paid for, that she, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So what does the Lord mean here by comfort? The Lord doesn't just mean a patronizing pat on the back or a bear hug. The Lord is saying to his prophet, strengthen my people, lift up their esteem once again, alleviate their pain. The Lord is saying, change your tone towards my people because they have served their time of judgment. In other words, their sins have been paid for. The exile is over. And we can see that there is a shift in tone. And why is this? Perhaps if I paint the analogy of a parent and child, it might be um, much more clear. Believe it or not, I was not always a perfect child. I don't know if you believe that. But there was times when I did things wrong, and I did things wrong intentionally. And my parents, being Nigerian parents, would fully express to me when they were not happy. Their tone was not warm and fuzzy. <laughs> and they would speak to me definitely at a particular volume of level. I love you, mom and dad. Thanks for watching. <laughs> and one of the things, especially if I did something wrong, they would tell me that I can't go out with my friends um, this weekend. And that was my hard service. But after that time was up, they changed the tone. They lightened up and I could hang out with my friends again. And for the most part, just for the most part, I did learn my lesson. And it's similar with the people of Israel. They had served their time of judgment because of their sins. And now the Lord is saying, it's a time of comfort because guess what? I am making my way towards my people in love and to liberate them from exile, to liberate them physically and spiritually. They will be reconnected to me. But as humankind, we don't always make it easy for God to move towards us. How many of us know that there are good commute days and there are terrible commute days, especially if you live in this glorious city that we call London? On a good commute day, I leave my house and I skate five minutes down the road. This is my skateboard. Um, the worship team during the break said it looks like a kid's skateboard, so I'm waiting for them to repent of their sins. <laughs> but yes, this is my um, skateboard. 
And I would um, skate five minutes down the road to my favorite coffee shop and I'll order myself a fl- an oat flat white because I'm lactose intolerant and I had to learn that the hard way. And literally, it was very hard. Uh, and I would go to the underground station and um, it would be so smooth. I'd go to the underground station, I'd go through the barriers and guess what? There's a district line tube waiting there for me. The doors are open and guess what? There's a seat that has my name written all over it. And I take a seat, plug in my earphones and I listen to the voice of Nikki Gumbel on the Bible on one, in One Year app. And then after some time, my tube arrives at South Kensington Station and I skate again five minutes down to HTB, arriving early enough for the staff meeting to listen to more of Nikki's voice and Pippa. Honestly, that's a good commute day. <laughs> but on a bad commute day, I leave my house and I skate to my favorite um, coffee shop. But guess what? There's a wonky pavement slap. So one of my wheels gets caught in, in, in the pavement and literally I fall flat on my face. But because scripture says I am more than a conqueror, I get up again. <laughs> and hoping to salvage my day, I go to my favorite coffee shop and I say, can I have an oat flat white? I really need it this time. And guess what they say to me? Sorry, bro, we're out of oat milk. Would you take soya? And I say, no, I won't. (laughs) And I storm out of the coffee shop. And by this rate, I'm walking towards the underground station, speaking in tongues in upset. I'm like, God, would you help me? And as I arrive to the underground station, I read an announcement that says the district line is down. And I'm left with a question playing in my mind. What on earth am I going to tell Nikki Gumbel if I'm late for staff meeting? And that was a bad commute day because the pavement literally was crooked. The district line was down and there was no oat milk and I'm lactose intolerant. In other words, the way was not prepared for me, eased out for me. And we do this with God. That's why the Lord said to his people of Israel in verse 3 of Isaiah 40, he says these words, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, the way, uh, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So what does this mean? Historically, if a king was entering a particular region, people would go ahead of the king and would literally prepare the way for the king they would realign the crooked roads. They would fill in any potholes. They would raise up any valleys and they would make the road straight again in order to make a smooth highway for the king. And in Luke 3, we see this repeated. And Luke 3 actually is a fulfillment of the prophecy that we see in Isaiah 40. We can see that the voice in the wilderness was actually John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. 
And, he's, and as he's speaking to a crowd, he says these words. He repeats the words of Isaiah. He says, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight the path for him. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight. The rough ways smooth. And all the people will see God's salvation. In other words, what this scripture is saying, remove the obstructions that are getting in the way from God moving towards you. And what are some of these obstructions? Really simply, they are sin. There are things that we do wrong internally and externally. And John shares actually earlier on in this chapter, Luke 3, he basically says, if we will repent, God will forgive our sins. And this is actually later on reiterated in the New Testament as well. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Scripture says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And we all have things in our life, perhaps habits, thought patterns, that we need to lay down in order to experience more of God. And if we confess, God is faithful to meet us and purify us, but we have to present it to him. So in other words, repentance is the highway that God rides on towards us. And what does it mean to repent? It means simply to turn around. Repent was a military term for a soldier walking in a particular, well, marching in a particular direction. And then all of a sudden, they will pivot and go the opposite direction. That's what it means to repent. So repentance is more than just feeling bad about what you've done. It's a change of direction away from mindset and things that rejects God to a, to, towards turning towards God. And what's the promise if we do this? We can see it in verse 6. It says, all the people will see God's salvation. And these are words of comfort. Because it tells us that in our fragility, in our failures, unfaithfulness and corruption, there's still a way to be connected to God. To be honest, believe it or not, God is making his way towards you. And the judgment of your sin was put on Jesus when he died on the cross. He did your hard service. And the only thing left for you to do is to repent, is to acknowledge your wrong and pivot your life towards God. And God's spirit will come and fill you and enable you on the journey to honour God. And Matthew chapter 5 verse 4, the amplified version, summarises it perfectly. It says these words, Blessed, forgiven, refreshed by God's grace are those who mourn over their sins and repent. For they will be comforted when the burden of sin is lifted. I'll read that one more time. <clears throat> Blessed, forgiven, refreshed by God's grace are those who mourn over their sins and repent. For they will be comforted when the burden of sin is lifted. It is possible for your sin and your shame to be lifted from you if you put your faith in Jesus and repent. And if we go back to Luke 3, it also says this that I love so much. It says all people. 
So despite your background, ethnicity, culture, history, God is making his way towards you. So the real question is, if God is making his way to all of us in this room and online, will you receive him? And I have a story of, there was a time when I was in university and I was a part of a Christian society and we were um, planning a weekend away. And as I was skating and back to my student Ocom, don't worry, the pavements were clear this time and straight for me. As I was skating back to my student Ocom, I heard the Lord say that I should invite a particular person to the weekend away. And this particular person was in the year below. I didn't really know him, but he was a Beanock. And if you don't know what that means, it means big name on campus. He was a popular guy. Everyone loved him. And then randomly, I just heard the Holy Spirit say to me to invite him to the weekend away. And honestly, I just started going into all different types of objections. I was like, God, I don't even know the guy. He'll think I'm so weird inviting him to a Christian weekend away. But I heard the Lord really put it on my heart. So essentially, I had to go through two people to find his number. And I got his number and I called him and, and he literally answered the phone and he said, who is this? And I was like, oh, it's, it's Wale from the year above. And he was like, how did you get my number? It's <laughs> like, wow, internally I was like, Holy Spirit's going well. <laughs> and I was like, how did you get my number? And I said, I actually had to go through two people to get your number, you know, the first person and then da 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 And I was like, okay, cool, what do you want? <gasps> And I said, um, well, you know, my Christian society, we're having a weekend away. Would you like to come? And he said to me, why are you inviting me? And, this, and I'm Christian. And I said, if I'm being honest, you know, God just told me I should invite you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't lie. <laughs> well, I try not to. <laughs> and he was like, okay, um, I'll get back to you. So the following week, he texted me and he said, I am coming. And long story short, he came to the weekend away. He encountered the love of God. He he encountered the comfort that we can find in Jesus. And he got baptized that weekend. (laughs) Hallelujah. And a few weeks after his his, hmm, baptism, (laughs) a few... (laughs) A few weeks after his baptism, thank you English, (laughs) a few weeks after his baptism, um, he was still beaming, he was still so excited and um, I was speaking to him outside our student library and he was telling me of of a story and he basically said that he went to one of his friend's um, birthday parties over the weekend. And he said to me that, um, you know, people were talking at the party, basically saying, oh, have you heard so-and-so is now a Christian? And um, what basically happened is that uh, people were talking so much that someone decided to stop the music and literally shouted over everyone publicly and said, hey, bro, I heard that you are Christian. Is it true? And he responds and says, yes, it's true. I love Jesus and I'm baptized. And I was like, what? (laughs) And he was telling me this story. And I knew the party. I knew all the A-listers from Leicester were there. (laughs) 
And I was like, bro, is that what you honestly said? I was like, I can't believe you said that. And I was like, what do you mean? And he basically said to me, he was like, you see, I don't get you Christians. Like you guys have the best news in the world, but you're so afraid to share it. And it was like, I wish someone told me earlier about this. Why are you guys so afraid? And honestly, that humbled me because, you know, I had no problem evangelizing my favorite chocolate bar, Bounty. But when it came to Jesus, I was very shy and afraid. (laughs) And this is a similar thing besides Bounty that the Lord says to his prophet in Isaiah 40 verse 9. He says that you who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. The, prophets, the Lord says to his prophet, essentially, that you have good news. You have good news, so do not be afraid to share it. You have good news, and the good news is that despite um, despite the people of Israel's unfaithfulness and corruption, that God is still moving towards them in love. So he says, because you have good news, raise up your voice. Tell everyone, do not be afraid. And we hate to be, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, we have good news. That there is a way out of sin and shame and to be connected to God through Jesus. So let's be bold. Let's take risks to share our faith. What a better time to do so than at Christmas. Literally a season all about Jesus. We've got so many carol services. I think we literally have um, 24, if my maths is correct. 24 carol services. Why don't you invite a friend, a neighbor, a partner, a sibling, a colleague? The worst thing that could happen is that they might say no and think you're a bit weird. But the best thing that can happen is that they might say yes and come to the service and find the comfort in Jesus. Because nothing else can give the freedom that Jesus gives. The comfort, the security, assurance and clarity that Jesus brings. There's no other greater comfort than Jesus. And as I told you about my friend um, that I invited to the weekend away all those years ago, I'm happy to say that he is still following Jesus and that him and his wife are actually youth pastors at their local church. And we can see that a simple invite can actually go a long way. Amen? Amen. So I just want to encourage you afresh that people in our world need to know the love of God, the comfort that is in Jesus. And we have that privilege to share it with people.